Hey, listener. Before we get into the good stuff, I just wanted to let you know, if you'd rather just get this entire audiobook at once and start listening to it immediately, just head over to my website at nickthacker.com audio. That's N-I-C-K-T-H-A-C-K-E-R.com slash audio. This is The Atlantis Stone by me, Nick Thacker, read by my friend with a much better voice, Mike Vendetti. Chapter 10 He asked this rhetorically, obviously knowing the answer. Jensen's mind was racing. Corrine wasn't as quick to pick up the implication. What do you mean a map of a location? She asked. Well, Vilosek said, turns out that it is not just angles that the two locations have in common. There's a diagram of the interior of the Great Pyramid, Carnes said, flipping the paper over. A cross-section from the side. Look familiar? Corrine gazed at the picture and pointed out elements of the diagram. Here's the main chamber, the king's chamber, I believe, and the smaller one must be the queen's chamber, but I'm not sure about the bottom box or the other lines. Vilosek nodded approval. That's correct. And although the bottom chamber is simply referred to as the lower chamber, or subterranean chamber, as it's completely underground, directly opposite the pyramid's apex, the lines on the diagram are actually passageways inside the Great Pyramid. The ascending passage and descending passage, he continued, pointing out each in turn. There's a central shaft on the middle, and the double-lined section is the Grand Galley, part of the Ascended Passage, leading directly to the King's Chamber. Professor Jensen silently took it all in. He knew the diagram from his own research, and had seen it used on websites and in Giza books. He also knew now where the two men were going with their mini-lecture, but he let Vilocek continue. We immediately noticed a similarity between the two diagrams, Vilosek said. And with a little resizing, we came up with this. He pulled yet another paper from the stack, this one much larger. It took a moment for Corrine to understand what she was looking at. And although Professor Jensen had anticipated this, it took him by surprise how well the two images, one of the Great Pyramid of Giza and one of the original Washington, D.C. city layout, fit together, now superimposed. 
Labels of the pyramid's main features had been added, and in parentheses under each element was the corresponding street or feature on the DC map. The ascending passage was Pennsylvania Avenue, leading directly to the King's Chamber, the White House map. The northwestern side of Pennsylvania Avenue was the Grand Galley, starting on the DC map perfectly where the Capitol building was located. The descending passage lined up with Potomac Avenue. The subterranean chamber corresponded to a point in the Potomac River. The shaft section of the pyramid had a similar shape to DC's canal. And Vilasek explained that there were some liberties taken by the architects of the canal due to the natural topography of the area. Still, the similarities were uncanny. After a full minute examining the map, Kareen and Jensen looked up at Vilasek's wide grin. You see, Professor, you've helped us determine the location of this power source, hidden in plain sight for more than two centuries. The Founding Fathers needed to protect the location of the secret if they were unable to find it in their lifetime, in some way that would go relatively undisturbed over the years. The small sliver of crystal you see before you was originally found at the bottom of the Potomac River in Washington, D.C. by a team of scientists. As a matter of fact, he said, pointing now at the superimposed pyramid slash street map image on the table, it found it right here. It was in a rotting box, almost buried by silt, directly where the subterranean chamber on this image lies. Turns out, they were pointing us to the chamber beneath the Great Pyramid. Jensen Andrews and his niece Sharon must have been in shock. I require you and your niece to join us on this expedition. Your knowledge of the Golden Ratio in ancient Egypt dwarfs the mind. We may need that kind of expertise. His eyes move slowly from Korean to the map, finally resting on Professor Andrews. Mr. Dr. Vilesek, Jensen stammered. I appreciate your acknowledgement of my expertise, but why help you? That's to say you won't just kill us when you no longer need us. Vilesek nodded toward Agent Karn. Karn smiled almost imperceptibly. He stood up, grabbing a fistful of Kareen's long red hair. She gave a yelp as he yanked her to her feet and forced her toward the far wall behind the table. When they were about 20 feet away, Professor Jensen screamed in pain. What the hell? Corrine said as Jensen fell over backward in his chair, clutching his side. He struggled to his hands and knees, crying out in short gasps. I can't breathe, please. Jensen gulped for air, his right hand clutched tightly over the bullet wound in his side. Professor Andrews, Vilosek said calmly. You were not shot with a normal bullet last night. We have developed here at Vilocorp a very unique instrument, one based on the crystal piece our founding fathers left to us. In addition to its miraculous healing properties, we found that by synthetically bonding the crystal with particular elements, in this case lead, we can produce some interesting results. You were shot with a lead-infused synthetic crystal that acts as a magnet of sorts, 
dormant when close to another piece of lead crystal like it. But when pulled a certain distance apart, it becomes active, turning into a heated piece of metal. You, he continued, looking at Corrine, are wearing a counterpart piece of this crystal substance locked to your leg. Corrine looked down in horror, just now noticing the small hand-covered metal band with a grayish clear rock attached to one side of it. Your uncle is experiencing this phenomenon firsthand, Vilesek continued, waving a careless hand at Jensen. Eventually, if you get far enough apart, the heat will become so intense that it will literally burn a hole through his body. He'll be in pain, but eventually he'll be knocked out from catalytic shock. Our test subjects lasted about 20 minutes, depending on where their bullet wound was on their body. Eventually, though, they all bled out. And I expect the same outcome for your uncle, should you remain separated for that long. Corrine had tears in her eyes. You bastard! You should also know, Ms. Banks, Vilesek said, ignoring the insult, that each of us is carrying an identical substance designed to react with the bullet inside your uncle. If you try to get away alone from the men on my team, you will die. Slowly and very painfully, I assure you. Jensen silently rocked back and forth on the floor, seething in pain. Hey, listener, this podcast is a year-long journey, but I get it. Sometimes we're in it for the destination, not the journey. If you want it all at once, right now, without having to wait a year, grab it here, nickthacker.com slash audio. That's N-I-C-K-T-H-A-C-K-E-R dot com slash audio. 
Oh, and if you use the code PODCAST2021 at checkout, I'll give you another 20% off.